When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's it, It's this is special officer Doopy, and I'm I'm here on with canned air, and it's really good because it's canned, and I like stuff in the can because it's cylindrical and stuff. And don't forget to listen to the podcast, and also smell my finger, my ass. And welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I am Randy Hardenbrook. And holy shit, guys. This <laughs> has had to have been one of my favorite episodes we've done this year so far. If not, yes, this has got to definitely. be one of my favorite episodes we've done, period. <laughs> it's It was such a blast. We were honored this week to be able to welcome an actor who you've probably seen in like movies like Ghost World, Bubble Boy. Uh, the Devil's Rejects, Little Man. He's been in some of uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers videos uh, or from MTV's Buzzkill. He's been in so many things, but you probably know him best as Special Officer Doofy from Scary Movie. We welcome actor, writer, comedian, producer, and musician Dave Sheridan to the show. And holy hell, what a great conversation, man. Definitely. Yeah, my sides are still hurting. <laughs> it's, it's rare that somebody is this free with their time and just you know we we typically try to keep it at a, a like you know 30 40 mm-hmm. minutes just out of respect for their time but when someone just gives us as much time as you know he seemed to be having a good time too i think yeah but, yeah i think he yeah. was enjoying himself too talking to us we Surprise. were just right <laughs> but we were just uh in stitches the whole time the shit oh, was yeah. it was such a great time can't wait for you guys to hear it. But you know we have things to say and do before we cut you over to the conversation, so let's just get right to it. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, want to show some support, there's many ways you can show support by heading over to CandairPodcast.com where you can uh, click on our merch page where there's all, like, how many new shirts are up there? Uh, six. Six. I all designed. Hoodies. All awesome hoodies. Too. Yeah. Hats. Hats. Yep. Designed by Joshua Bellis. Very, very cool designs. There's a Star Wars themed one, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle themed one, uh, an 80s, 80s retro, yep. a Simpsons themed one. Yes. All kinds of cool things he's been doing. So big thank you to him again. And uh, check out that merch if you're interested at all. Or you can click on the button that takes you over to our Patreon page, where for 5 to $10 a month gets you access to a shit ton of uh, extra content that's, uh, I think, we deem a little too extreme for the normies' ears. Yeah. You know, that's why it's paid content. But we just we just wrapped this week recording uh, one of my favorite Patreon things to do. You'll never believe what happened, where we all we all brought some really good stories mm. to the table. It's Candair Uncut, if you will. Uncensored yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know the real us? 
go to Patreon. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to support us and don't have the financial means to, just leave us a comment on your podcast player of choice and a rating because I tell you, people, it helps so much. It helps so much. And hey, it is almost freaking spooky season. So if you got a spooky story, please send it mm-hmm. over to us. We'd love to get it on for a Halloween episode. And also check out evergreenpodcast.com. We're proud members. Check out all the great shows and us. There it is. With everything having been said, let's just cut straight over to our conversation with Dave Sheridan. Dave, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show, man. It is an honor to have you here. I accept the award. Thank you to make this happen. Is that our intro? I thought you were like, hey, welcome to Canned Air. No, I do all that shit separately. I I do that separately (laughs) so I can have more time to talk with you. Well, let's do it. I'm excited to, to, I didn't know I would be in front of the, I don't know what you guys call yourself, the Judgment of Trio or something like that. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Well, it's awesome to have you. You're one of those guests, man, that when I sat down to start researching, you know, I knew a few of the things you had done, but looking through all your stuff, I was like, holy shit, this guy has been like prominent, a figure in my life without me even knowing it for so freaking long. And I've got some uh, roles that I want to touch on a little bit later, but before well, we get there. On. Wait, you're talking like movie roles or like stomach roles or something? I don't know. <laughs> We're like, talking but... movie roles, man. Oh, yeah. I don't want to know our own stomach roles, roles to touch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> start talking about touching and I was like, oh, hold on. Yeah, we've got, we've got tons of roles over here between the three of us, so we don't need to <laughs> yeah. worry about it, but... Randy, I can see that. That's like a big French bakery thing. It's you know? a croissant <laughs> over here, man. You know, that's like the kind you cut and like birds come flying out. You know, <laughs> little... French bakery. <laughs> Been eating crow. Hey, my Santa <sighs> body's on point, man. <laughs> Stepdad bod. They should have that, that bod. Worse than the dad bod? Fuck you, I'm not even your dad. <laughs> so what were you like as a kid, man? And what was it that got you into the entertainment industry? I think I still am exactly like I was as a kid, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, no, um, I was the class clown. I, I'm, I have some learning disabilities. So I came up in that period. I was born in 1969. So you have to understand when I first started going to school, it was 1973, 1974, 1975. This is when they still put you in the corner with the dunce cap. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Which oh, wow, was, yeah. I thought, that's great. I want to do that. I thought, you know, because I watched the cartoons with the dunce stuff, too. And I'm like, oh, I want the dunce cap. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, that was like a crown of honor, you know, for a sure. class clown. You know, so didn't, you know, not a very good reader. And uh, you asked, like, so I was always a performer and a troublemaker. And because also you'd see those shows, whether it was Dennis the Menace or any of these like shows, like especially Little Rascals, where they had all the stuff and they could do the pranks. And I mean, I was putting tacks on my first grade teacher's thing and that she would sit on her. I brought the frog in and put it in her desk and that kind of stuff that you would see and constantly getting in trouble. I never really... But I, I never really got kicked down to the principal's office. That was like for like real the for the troublemaker people, not the clowns. My thing was more like they built. I remember I spent my entire third grade behind these file cabinets that the teachers just said she couldn't take me. And she just put a bunch of file cabinets and built my own room. You know what I mean? Awesome. That was, oh I would have killed for that. Everyone else. That's how you took care of Dave Sheridan. Eliminate him out of the equation. But uh, 
pretend he's but not I would there. Say, I told the story several times. Her name was Mrs. Hammond, my kindergarten teacher. And um, and then I realized there was something in preschool that actually probably was the real sort of precipice that made me make a step of like, oh, I want to be in the entertainment industry. But prior to me remembering that as I was going through some stuff, the one definite that I always remembered as a kid that literally spawned me writing sketches in second grade and performing in talent shows and all that other stuff was um, I, this was 1973, 74. And basically the astronaut stuff was really big. NASA, Tang, the first Star Trek stuff and the Apollo, you know, missions and, you know, just real astronaut things, landing on the moon kind of stuff. And they had Clorox bottles that they would cut, you know, little holes in and, you'd wear like an astronaut helmet. And I was like always fucking around and, and with the blocks being weightless and stuff in the kindergarten, it was cleanup time and I wasn't cleaning up. And she was like, earth to David, earth to David. I'd be like, come in, this is commander. David. And I didn't get the helmet off. And we circled around and it, and it was like, what do you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I think you guys might be the same. You might rec- recall this is the, the answers were always, I want to be a policeman. I want to be a fireman. Yeah. I want to be right uh, yep. for boys. At least didn't. Um, but astronaut was also like a top five answer. I want to be an astronaut. And I was wearing that Clorox bottle. <laughs> and she, I remember, I remember I was a little upset, but then I was like, she's making a really good point. She said, you're not astronaut material. You'll never be an astronaut. And um, she was being serious because back then it was like the right stuff. There was only 12 astronauts. You had to be like top right. of the top. Yeah. You know? It's not like now where you can fill out an application, you know, and you could either work at Amazon or be, <laughs> you, know, if, yeah. you know, but the, uh, so she said, but if you become an actor, you could probably play an astronaut in a movie and TV. And I was like, well, then I'm going to be an actor. And that's wow. what it did. And, and then it wasn't until like 2008 that I did a movie called beyond white space. And if you haven't seen this movie, it's, I like it. It's a, I'm really proud of the movie, especially since it was sub $1 million budget, but the director worked with Christopher Nolan. He's one of Christopher Nolan's guys. He's like his model and CG artist for Christopher Nolan. And so he made a movie out in space called beyond white space. And I got to be an astronaut. And in that movie, I got to put on the actual old school astronaut outfit and float in space to go fix the, you know, I did the whole walk thing. And I remember sitting there during setups, they had me now, of course, you know, I'm not really in space. So really I'm not floating. I'm just being held up by my balls with like a, <laughs> a apparatus. All my yeah. weight is in my crotch, like squeezing my balls. Like oh. it's like, you know, a dwarf star just being compressed. by <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> There was no space in my pants at that point. So, um, but I remember just sitting there as they're setting stuff up. I'm, I'm like, Oh, this fucking hurts. But I'm like kind of dangling around in this space outfit. And I'm like, Holy shit. I, she was right. I did it. I became an astronaut. And so, uh, that I want to say, so cool, man. I guarantee she's got to be dead because she was already dead. I think by the time we, I left kindergarten, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not a lot of Mrs. Hickman's left in the world. I don't think that's even. No, I'm pretty sure a good majority of my teachers have all died. I always, I, not always, but that does creep into my mind every now and then. I think of somebody from when I was a kid, I'm like, man, I wonder if they're still alive. Right. Yeah. Most but, of them are probably, and it's kind of funny to think yeah. of the ones that 
you're still like, what the fuck are you still there for in the first yeah. place? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're still alive? <laughs> yeah. I don't ever uh, think of that. Just on the phone with my partner, Felissa Rose. You guys know who she is, right? From Sleepaway Camp and stuff like that. I, be- not, um, I haven't seen Sleepaway Camp, but I do oh, think I know who you're talking about. Yes. You need to see that. It's it's I love that movie. It's got it's like the original crazy twist ending. Uh, the, the original like M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, really? Twist. Oh okay. yeah. Speaking the it's language like, now. Yeah. It's it's famous for that. That's what made that a cult classic is the ending. So you have to check it out. Um, but don't look up the ending. That way it will be enjoyable. You know what I mean? Right, you right. don't that is a true spoiler alert if you know it and you don't it's not as good. The movie's not as good. Okay. But she was just talking about her niece is now in high school and is doing some sort of debating club, and the coach of that debating club was Felicis and Felicis fifty three was Felissa's coach and was oh. talking about coach your aunt. You know what I mean? I mean, like I, I can imagine how old that person is, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so cool though. I love how that story comes full circle, how the teacher says that. And then you realize in the moment, Holy shit, she was right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Part of your, uh, your upbringing or your start was uh, being a cast member on SNL, uh, or excuse me, a uh, an intern on SNL. What was that like interacting with the cast in that season? That was definitely my biggest, you know, obviously I wouldn't, everything led from there, you sure. know what I mean? And how I got that. So I was a, a writer's assistant for the weekend update, and I worked with uh, three main people, four under Herb Sargent. There was Herb Sargent, Kevin Nealon's first year taking over god how awesome as the news host dennis miller was the year before was his last year right um and i can tell you how i got that job that's a whole nother story but that was my dream that not being a writer's assistant but i remember the first season 1975 uh, and i again was probably in first grade and just trying so hard every saturday to stay up to watch that show and i used to have tend to be asleep because my parents would not want me to watch it and so i'd have to sleep with like i'd watch it with one eye on the couch like i was still asleep and then i couldn't <laughs> laugh i was like i can't laugh at any of the stuff because then my dad's gonna know that i'm yeah. watching it and um so but i when the moment that show was on i was like i want to be on that show um and so i got the job and the cast at that point that was also this it was ninety ninety one, and that was the season that um uh, Wayne's World sort of broke. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Myers was was the, one of the cast members, and it was Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, Chris Rock, Rob Schneider, David Spade were the young group, and then on the older side was the Phil Hartman and um, Ellen Clegborn and a, a bunch of other people. You know, Tim uh, Tim Meadows was there. Wow. So, Jeez. And Tim Meadows and Chris Farley were from the second city. And this okay. was a period where there was less people from second city than there used to be, you know, because the original cast was almost entirely from second city, uh, except for Chevy chase. And, um, then over time it, it was like always like maybe 50% second city players. But in this particular cast, Mike, Oh, Mike Myers was second city as well. So, um, but a lot of them were Warren was kind of, casting from stand-up comedians which was adam and chris rock and david spade and stuff like that um so i thought okay let, 
let me go out and do stand up. And they would take me out, mainly Adam and Chris Rock took me out and I opened up for them in New York. You know, I would do like five minutes before their show. Sure. Um, yeah. And then they, they would give me notes. So there was a guy that ran the club called Lucian and he would bring me back and give me notes. And he probably would have had me more on stage, except um, I didn't live in New York. I lived in New Jersey and he wanted me to play on the softball team. And I was just like, I really can't, you know, because I'm, I'm working here. And then to go back and forth, I was, I had no interest in playing on the stand-up comedian softball team, you know? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> requisite for getting more stage time, I would have done that. Uh, so basically I would come back in the room at that, in that season, Adam Spade, um, Rob, Chris Rock, and Chris Farley, they all shared one office. It was like their sort of like clubhouse, those guys. And I would go in there and Adam would ask how, you know, oh, what did Lucian say? Or, how, you know, how, how did it go? That kind of thing. And um, I wasn't very good at stand-up because I mostly did characters. And I would do like commercial parodies or do my own sketch back and forth playing multiple characters. And that's when Chris Farley basically said like, oh, it's, it sounds like what you need to do is go to Second City. It sounds like your routine stuff would be more suited for Second City. And I, I knew about SCTV and I knew that people were from Second City on these shows, but I really didn't know what that entailed. I didn't know what that theater was about. I didn't know what I knew improv, but I didn't know how improv was utilized to create sketches and how they worked it into like an actual paid show, you know what I mean? Until I got there. Right. So, but I said, sure, let me do that. Because as a writer's assistant, I was in line to just kind of be a long road at Saturday Live. I could probably still be working there, but I would also just be working at Weekend Update doing the same, not, not the same job, but you know, yeah. maybe I'd be a rising producer. I wasn't going to go from what I was doing to a performer. That right. would have been very, so uh, no one's done that. Um, I know that some people went from where I did, like Steve Korn. I worked with Steve Korn. He went on to be a full-time writer, and then he wrote uh, a couple movies for Adam, like Click and stuff like that. So um, there was progress to be made, but it's all, I, I don't have patience. I wanted to move. You know what I mean? Sure. So Farley made a phone call and got me hired at Second City, and then I just jumped from New York, SNL, to Chicago, Second City, and I was there for like three years. Wow. Did stuff there, pretty much everything, you name it. I directed, I performed, I washed dishes, you know, I did everything. Shine shoes, uh, you know, whatever they needed. Not, you know, if people were wearing shoes. Uh, but, <laughs> and then, and then while I was there, I was shooting short films. And, and I just let you know to put a timestamp on that. So now that was like 92 to 94, you know, like three, three, two years in there. And, um, <laughs> the stage that people that were at Second City when I was there was Steve Carell, Steve Colbert, Amy Sedaris, Dave oh, Pasquale, uh, Horatio Sands. And Tina Fey came like a year after I left, actually. But I knew her husband because he played piano for us. He was one wow. of the piano players. That, so, Insane. yes, yes. And, then, and, and so, like, I made short films with, like, Amy Sedaris and Colbert and Laura Carell um, and myself. And then... Those were like tapes that I acquired. I put it all together at first. It was called American Alien. And it was just me playing a bunch of characters. But And there was no internet back then. Now we're talking 93. And 93, now 94, 
no internet. There was internet, but not like this. You know no, what I mean? No, nothing like <laughs> no, this. Jeez. AOL was just there, you know, and um, chat rooms. You could get Netscape. on Netscape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so <laughs> basically the way to go viral was people just video, they just copied your VCR, your VHS tape with VCRs, and it would just degrade over time, but sure. it would just get passed down, and eventually my tapes got in front of a bunch of people, a bunch of television networks and such. And, um, I got a call from MTV. Also, there was other networks calling me, but I chose MTV because I figured they didn't have a lot of money. So if they did make something with me, they would for sure put it on air because Fox wanted me, uh, after mad TV, like a mad TV, like thing after it. But I knew like, Oh, they could spend a whole bunch of money to make a pilot and this, Nope, nothing out of it, you know. Right. So mm-hmm. I figured if MTV shot something, it's already going on air, you know. So, which I was correct, and that and that was a show called Buzzkill, and then everything else just kind of moved from there. Yeah, what a fun show too, man! I didn't catch it in its original run, but I've been checking it out on uh, YouTube, and holy shit, it's such a fun show. It needs to be like, uh, is it on DVD or anything like that? You can get or no? I know it's interesting you say that. I'm actually shocked you found anything on YouTube. There's not much, right? I found uh, maybe two or three episodes. I found the one with uh, asses across America and like where you guys were doing the the Unabomber uh, uh, musical. Unabomber musical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shit was funny. Oh, so that Manhattan. All that was New York, right? Well, what happened was I was we were we did three seasons. We did like 22 episodes. The the or two seasons really to it in the. It got cut short, and then they did a best of, a bunch of best of, and did awards near after we were kind of put on ice because we got fired. Uh, we were so many different, like, double secret probations being warned about stuff and this and that, and then there was MTV Movie Awards. And this one you can find if you look up Buzzkill Whitney Houston. I think you can find the raw, some raw footage that I leaked out, and I think it's been posted somewhere if you Google that. Um, where you see the body cams of us dealing with Whitney, but it's un, it's raw, it's unedited, but it's what got us fired. I mean, you'll see Van Toffler and Tom Preston come up and tell us we're done and you got to get out and stuff like that. Really? But, uh, wow. Yeah. So I knew we were, we were done. And so basically before they could actually officially finish the whole thing and can us and fire us, you know, we edited everything. We had editors, but everything was done in our offices. So um, I went in and um, just took the master tapes. I went in and just I stayed I stayed in really. I'm pretending I was and I wasn't pretending I probably was working, but we, I stayed the latest until everyone left. Then I grabbed all the master tapes and just took them. So and then I never came back. I said, I'm not coming back. Cause then they came in the next day. Someone came and said, Where's the tapes? We know you took them. I go, I don't know what you're talking about. But I did take them. And, <laughs> and they're like D1s or something like that. I have to figure out how to transfer. Because people have always asked, why aren't they on DVD? Or why aren't you know they more of them? Because I took them. Because I, I was like, screw these people. Um, yeah. we're, I, was, I, was, we were, I was leaving. So I might as well. It was like the whole goldfish, you know, like the Jerry Maguire thing. It's like, I'm taking my tapes. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would have too, man. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know it's that's done, finish it. Of why you don't see it because MTV doesn't have some sort of 
professional quality version of it. They have, they only have VHS tapes. Of they it, have you what know, you're so. leaking out. Yeah. yeah the, what I was seeing on YouTube looked like it was like a fourth generation, like VHS transfer recorded right off right. television. Yeah. And people have always asked like, well, why don't you just put it out? And I, I probably will. But then a lot of the stuff I have, it's in my garage. Uh, they're, they're hit a point with the internet after the two thousands. And now we're like 2022 is like, what's not on the internet. It's like, everything's yeah. available. Mm-hmm. You know, like you want to see your mom's asshole, just Google it. Oh, no, he froze. Did we lose him? I don't know. We did in fact lose contact with Dave, but while we get him back, we're going to jump to a quick commercial. Stick around. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. If you're a fan of the Nintendo Entertainment System, then you'll love Nest Pro Magazine. Nest Pro is a quarterly Nest-focused magazine brought to you by Nest professionals from all walks of life in every corner of journalism and content creation. Nest Pro features articles, editorials, and interviews from some of the coolest Nest people around. We are also innovating and pushing the boundaries of what makes a gaming magazine by creating new categories loaded with awesome content for our readers. Take a trip into the past with content and collectibles that go beyond your expectations from a gaming magazine. Visit nestpromagazine.com to subscribe today. That's N-E-S-P-R-O magazine.com. You there? I am here. I'm wondering now i got to turn this on. Camera. Yeah, you should have to. I'm going to my laptop. There we there go. go. There we are. I put, hey, I, my, my phone overheated outside. Wow. Oh, there you go. Remember that sun that was hitting me? Well, it was baking my phone, apparently. <laughs> um, no but worries, here's man. the thing. Put it in the I put it in the freezer. Can a phone stay in the freezer long or or what? Um, I wouldn't leave it in there too long because cold can totally deplete your battery really quick too. I believe. Andy, Randy, what do you think? I'm, I don't know. About <laughs> I I would have gone for fridge, but hey, you know, freezer works. <laughs> I thought I could get it quicker. Then I realized I could just do the laptop. Yeah. One second, I'm gonna go grab the phone. Sure. Yeah, you're good. We're gonna stay on this laptop. That's fine. Must be hot there. Well, I think he's in sunny California. Well, yeah, definitely. 80 degrees down there. Right. Not it's 60 degrees shitty Ohio. Mm-hmm. So, 
I think this is a fun podcast so far because now it's two locations you can yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we should we'll make that the commercial break. And we already brought up my mom's <laughs> asshole, so you know we're, we're good. I know. I didn't know if it was like you know Apple or Google or somebody like you know censoring us. Like whoa, whoa, <laughs> mom's asshole. Hold on, you hold said on, too man. much. MTV knows about the tapes now, so they're shutting us down. Right. I know. I broke the internet because everyone started googling their mom's assholes. Yeah. <laughs> down. Just to finish that back there in the backyard. That's why I haven't really put it on yet because I figured like, oh, all this stuff is on there. And I wanted to, you know, I was like, well, it's not on the internet. Maybe I shouldn't put it on the internet. There's a reason why life worked out that it's not available. Someday I'll figure that out, you know, like make it, make it available. But I, I want to see what comes up. What's the most interesting yeah. way to do it or make it, you know. Because it would totally learn. hold up today. It's not like it's at all dated. I mean, it's the stu- kind of stuff that people still like to watch, mm-hmm. you know. A little bit, but 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 I run into so many fans that that were 12, 13, 14 years old at that age where it was influential to them, and they say how much they loved it. And I would I almost go like, well, your memory is probably different than what it is today, and maybe uh, <laughs> I may I put it up and it won't hold up. I don't know. See it well, today yeah. and be like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know. From yeah. what I saw, I was really into it. I mean, it it. it you know, it's kind of like firing on the same piston that say something like Impractical Jokers does, and that's still right. you know very relevant today. So I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it I think it could catch on, man. Again, <laughs> but yeah, I think if I did it, what I would do is cut it down to just the highlights, and then do something like this, where it's more like a extended sort of narrative, like commentary, oh, like commenting thing. on yeah, it. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. That'd yeah. be even more interesting. Like, like presenting videos. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, man. I'm so excited to ask you about this. Uh, I know you more so for this role than uh, than for Doofy. The movie Windy City Heat, where you play Travis Bickle, the limo driver. Wait, I want to add a little light to it. That's good. So that's a litmus test. So you pass because I go around and do shows, and it's very rare that someone comes and brings up Windy City Heat, which I find to be the funniest project. That's my favorite project. It's that, one I mean, of my favorite movies, man. I've seen it so many times. <laughs> it is awesome. It's awesome. And if you haven't seen it, go out and check it out. In fact, they have like a convention. Uh, I don't know when the next one is, but they have a gathering. Uh, I just saw Bobcat Goldthwait directed that actually. And I just yeah. saw him uh, at a shooting um, episode of uh, Joe Bob, Joe Bob Briggs uh, last drive in he was on and um him and I were talking like, oh man, we they have these sort of gathering conventions of the big three, you know yes. what I'm saying? Like, and and people come up, and I have not done one yet. That would be a lot of fun. But um, I would love to go to it's one. a fun thing. Yeah. Well, one time somebody came up to me and goes, I just wanted to shake the hand of the number one Travis Bickle, you know, the best <laughs> Travis Bickle. <laughs> I guess if I'm better than the other guy, uh, which is, uh, of course, uh, who's that guy? What's his name? Robert De Niro. Yeah, well, uh, from Taxi Driver. Yeah, you talking to me? You talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> looking, looking, talking, I don't know. Can you yeah. tell us about being just being on that movie? What, what it was it like? Like, I can't imagine because it's not something where you're just in character when the cameras are rolling. For people who don't know, this movie is an elaborate practical joke uh, against Perry Caravello, which, yeah. fuck, is it funny. It never gets old. But what was it like for you filming that? So to take a step back, the the sort of birth of it all and the auspices. So um, 
Tony Barbieri, who plays Mole, he was a writer on Buzzkill. And so- oh, no shit. He, yeah, he wrote um, for like the second season. For like, It wasn't even like, a, you don't write a season. We get together prior to even going out and shooting the stuff. And we have writers come in like Brian Posehn and Tony and everyone pitches out the ideas. Oh, you're going to New Orleans, you're going to this. And then we, we sketch everything out and then stuff has to get approved those guys are long gone by then. You know what I mean? It's more right. like two weeks of jamming ideas to pitch to MTV. Here's where we're going. And here are, you know, six sketches, six little pranks that pick your best three. Um, but, and then I was like, you know, I'm a snowboarder and Tony's snowboarder. So we'd go snowboarding. And then it used to be the, they, what they used to be doing the Barry back in the early nineties was just audio tapes. Right. They would just, be doing phone calls with him and he would play these and um they just had this guy going for 10 years prior to shooting that movie yeah. there's such a rich history and <clears throat> i think remember i told you I, I worked at saturday night live so one of the things that i got when i worked at saturday night live was a staff jacket which is a really rare thing you have to work there on the show to get this black leather jacket with the saturday night live on it and stuff like that and so uh, I said, oh, yeah, I've got that. And he said, bring it to the comedy store. <clears throat> and we didn't even videotape this. So I would say this was like 95, 96 that we basically, I went in and I claimed I was Lauren Michaels Jr. And I was scouting. <laughs> and, and if you know, if you know the Windy City Heat stuff, you know, the setup is always like, okay, Perry's got a shot, but Mole's going to fuck it up. And yeah, Mole's yeah. going to end up getting the gig instead. So Perry's stand-up was like a little baby bib and a diaper, and he would do the reverse of Sam Kinison. So, you know, he would yeah. do like this reverse kind of Sam Kinison. Oh, oh, oh. You know, I don't yeah. care. I don't know how he did it. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, oh. Of, ooh. You know, he'd go, ooh, 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 ooh. They convinced him that was his thing, you know? And um, <laughs> so I had him audition in a back room at the comedy store, like a private audition, and I made him do push-ups and sit-ups and you know, just get on the ground and see if you can fart and fart in my face now. And, and of course it always leads to like, you got to blow me. You got to blow me if you want to uh, you do it. And then, uh, and then of course, mole, then I go, great. Now mole, you're next. And mole came out and mole got the job. You know what I mean? And like, all he had to do was blow him, you know, and <laughs> he's pissed like motherfucker. And so that was what was funny was when they called me and said, oh, we want you to come play a role. You'll be the limo driver. And I said, well, isn't, he, isn't he gonna recognize? I mean, I know it was like six years, seven years later. Yeah. So, but still I thought like he might remember me in some way and he didn't, you know, yeah. um, but now was the, so when you watch that movie it might seem a little far-fetched. They might go, how did they do this guy? But they were pranking him for so many years. They knew They knew what buttons to push. Like sure. for instance, in that limo ride, when I I say, oh yeah, I'm I'm you know I also have a band. We already knew he was going to go. I manage music musicians, sure. And we already had the DVD or the CD put in the CD player. <laughs> we he bit. It was like clockwork. It's like, yep, he bit. He said he was a music manager. That's when I pulled over. Really? And then you know I hit the button and hit play and I sing it in his face. All that was like we knew he would do that. If I if I mentioned I'm in a band, we knew he would say that. Right. You know? so, um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I really did run red lights and everything though. Like you know, I, I was gonna ask. Oh man, <laughs> so like the streets weren't blocked off or anything for that no. to happen. 
No, this thing was just kind of running, gun and low budget, and and I actually was drinking a little bit too. Because like, if you watch the movie, I'm getting drunk, and I don't know where I'm at. We're I cause us to be late to the premiere. We just get there for the last scene of the movie, and then a standing ovation. And the reason why, and, and by the way, it's called Windy City Heat, and uh, to set it up is it's the making of Perry's cast to star in a movie, Windy City Heat. And now this is the premiere of the movie that you saw getting made. Yeah. Um, but they never shot enough for a real feature film. <laughs> right. So that was that was the reason why we had to drive them around because there was no film. You know, yeah, it was like 20 film. minutes of footage, right? Yeah. And so I get in there for the last scene. They're like, okay, last scene, you know, we're ready to roll the last scene. There was no other scenes anyway. Like, gotcha. okay, so now we're just time. for time. He's pissed. Okay, great. Perry just pulled up, rolled the last scene as he's walking in, and he comes in thinking that he's missed the whole movie. He's like, fuck, I missed the whole movie. And, <laughs> oh, my oh, gosh. They give him an award. It's like, you know, it's Oh, funny. my God. It was so funny. I recommend seeing it if, if people haven't seen it. There's some yeah. good stuff. Yeah, check it out. I think there's a version on YouTube now. I, I, that's just, how, that's, that's what, how, how I watch it, yeah. yeah. You see? Yeah. Everything's on YouTube. Isn't that the Except fucking truth? There's a, a version of Perry's mom's ass on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you uh, stayed current with what he's doing now? Do you know about Perry Caravello live? I don't know that. I know that um, one of the guys that I do my band with, he works on the Goldbergs, and he's a big fan of, of all that stuff. And he told me that Mike Judge was doing some sort of like Perry as a judge or in court or something like that, that there's a, a show that they have where oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Where Perry Perry's being sued by a bunch of people and is on, on trial and, but it's all fake. You know Fuck, what I mean? I think that Mike would be judge awesome is, to watch. Mike judge is the judge. Mike judge oh, is the judge. Um, but as Mike judge, you know, yeah, yeah. And he's judging Perry. It's almost like that Seinfeld episode where Perry's now being, you know, uh, judge uh, by Hollywood, you know, they're right. coming in and testifying bullshit stuff against him. And he's like, what? That's not me. You know, so I do know that, but I don't know Perry, Perry Caravelli live or something. Is that, what is it? Like a, a Perry Caravello live. It, it's, it's what followed the big three. And essentially, I don't know if, do you remember uh, Tom Brennan at all? Like he was, he was in the big three. He was like Perry's manager, but now Okay. Uh, what he does is manage a Twitch stream that he does, which is live on Twitch and it's on YouTube. And they just, people just write in and like give tips and say shit that just makes him mad. So it's just him just sitting at his computer getting irate, people sending endless seas of McDonald's to his front door because, you know, everyone knows his fucking address because he gave it out. So <laughs> it's, it's worth McDonald's. checking out, man. It's funny. I'm, what do you think I can get sent to my door? I'll give my address right now. Well, he gets a shit ton of like uh, fish fillets from McDonald's. So if that's what you're wanting, we could probably set that up. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Free food's free food. Yeah. yeah. Heard that. All right. Another role I got to touch on uh, Ghost World, your character, Doug, where, you know, you were in this movie alongside Thor Birch, Scarlett Johansson, Steve yeah. Buscemi, uh, Brad uh, Renfro. Such a good freaking movie. But Doug, man, the only way to explain him to uh, listeners who aren't aware of Doug, he's. If he's not working, seemingly hanging out in front of the gas station uh, with some Slim Jim, some beer, shirt off, heavy metal music yeah. playing, big awesome mullet, practicing nunchucks. Yeah. 
I mean, he, he's the guy that hangs out at those convenience stores, you know, trying oh, to win yeah. the scratchers and get high score on whatever crappy video game is there, right? You know, so. Yeah, we got dogs um, all over Ohio here. God, yeah. If you watch that movie, which you have, you'll probably go, wow, that character pops out, doesn't fit in, right? And there's a reason because that was a character, again, that was on my original tapes. And obviously people know me from Doofy, from Scary Movie, which is another character that was on the original American Chameleon tapes that went viral um, at, from Second City. And um, I could go get the tape and show you guys uh, what it is. Um, oh, sweet. We'll do that near the end. Sure. Uh, so basically that character, Doug, on my tapes was called Stuart. Doofy on my tapes were in, he was featured in two short films and he was called Chip. Um, and both of those were seen by Miramax, by um, the Weinsteins, via Mike Judge, via MTV. So when I was at MTV, Mike Judge saw the tapes and he specifically saw Stuart, which is Doug from Ghost World. And he contacted me and said, I want to, why don't we make Stuart into a movie? And it was a demolition derby movie that we wrote. Um, and Terry Zweigoff was actually on board to direct it early on. Richard Linkletter was producing it. We built sets, we cast it. Um, and I, I signed a three picture deal with Miramax. And the first movie was going to be this Stewart movie, right? Um, and it was uh, Ashton Kutcher was cast as my nemesis. Amanda Plummer was my sister, uh, Bob Gundry. I don't know, he was the, he was the, um, in Shawshank Redemption, he was the warden. He was playing Ashton Kutcher's okay. dad. He was playing the dad. And the movie was all about this forbidden love of me uh, chasing this chick, Becky, who was in high school. I'm like in my 20s and <laughs> Becky was a high school student, but you never saw Becky. I was always, you know, where's Becky? Where's Becky? Where's Becky? And she's never around and you never see her through the movie at all. That's the whole point. I wanted to make a movie where you don't see the love interest. And, and also it's a buildup to a demolition derby that my car breaks down before it gets there. So there's no demolition derby in the movie either. Um, that's the original script, but then Waterboy was this giant hit and uh, Harvey Weinstein and Bob Weinstein was like, no, 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 we need a demolition derby. We have to have, you have to be flipping cars and flying in the air. He has to be the Michael Jordan of demolition derbies. He transcends it. And I was like, that's not the script we wrote, but you know, the studio is always right. And we wrote this movie that was like under a million dollars and it turned into like a $9 million movie because wow, of all geez. the car tags. And the best part was they, they turned around and went, ooh, it's too expensive now. Yeah, we can't make this movie. And I was like, oh, what the, what the hell just happened? So Look, I want to see that movie. Yeah, it never got made. It never got made. Um, I've got pictures of like the sets and, and I do have screen tests, like myself and Ashton Kutcher, like doing screen test stuff in the mm -hmm. arcade and stuff like that. Um, I got all sorts of VHS tapes in my my thing. I've got a I've got rough cuts of scary movie because I'm always telling people like, oh, remember that scene? And they're like, that's not in the movie. I go, oh, that's only on my VHS. Like that they, they would wow. send me the studio. So someday I'm gonna get all this stuff out there. So speaking of scary movie, was I'm in line to shoot the Stewart movie. It was called El Camino a Love Story. And the Weinsteins signed me to this three-picture deal, and they said, you know, if you're gonna be the star of this movie coming out, we should put you in something else prior so that America kind of knows who you are. Right. And they, so they put me, they watched the tapes and this guy, Peter Schwerin that worked there, they tasked him with, with watching my characters and 
he said, oh my God, this Chip character will be perfect as Doofy. And they called up Keenan and said, we found your Doofy and he already has a deal with us. So he's, he's going to go play Doofy. Keenan just had to sign off on me, which he did. And um, then we shot Scary Movie in 1999, right now, like in September, October in Vancouver. And um, then we started moving into pre-production on the Stewart movie. But as they're editing a uh, scary movie, they also didn't believe in scary movie. They were like, mm, I don't think that's going to work. It's not going to be a hit. So then it was what? the budget. It was the budget of my film went up. And then they really didn't know what they had with scary movie. And so in April of 2000, they March of 2000, they canceled. They, they canned my movie. They built sets, like they built wow. studio. They built all. They actually built studio space in Austin at this old airport, and that all that work we paid for then transferred into Robert Rodriguez bought it. He bought the studio. It's called Troublemaker Studio in Austin. But we were the first film to be shooting there, and we actually transformed the hangars into sound stages and everything. I mean, there was wow. a lot of money already tied up in it, and um, everyone got paid. I got paid. I would say I got paid from my script. I got paid for my acting that I never did. Um, but that's when, and, but Terry also got fired. He got let go and they switched to a new director because he did, what was the crumb before that, the documentary. Hmm. And um, so Terry called me up. He heard that they canned the movie and he said, well, what do you look like? And I was like, oh, I look like Stuart. You know, I've got the mustache and the, the, uh, the mullet. And he said, well, I'm shooting dan's movie uh, ghost world we're like going we're in production right now so come back to la and we'll just figure out a place to put you in the in the film so oh, wow um i just we just improvised that whole all that stuff was mostly improvised i mean they wrote in stuff but it was just like they just wanted my character just go like they knew that i did the nunchucks and stuff okay we're gonna have you out in the thing and just just go and fight with steve buscemi and everything like that <laughs> so it was great it was great because People remark all the time, it's like a standout in that movie, but that's oh, yeah. really because the character itself was not a part of that film. It was totally different energy. You know? Yeah, you I, know. I can see that now. He was far more eccentric than anyone else in the film, almost right. like a cartoon character, but yeah. damn, was he funny. Like, made me laugh every freaking time. And, and so then Scary Movie came out, and it was a huge hit, and Ghost World came out, and everybody was raving about my role in Ghost World, and then Bob and Harvey... They called and said, we made a mistake. And they, <laughs> they did. They said, uh, we'd have to admit we made a mistake. Because when they fired me, they said, Dave, it's nothing personal. It's business. They said, it is business. It's the bottom line. We didn't, it's, this is now a $7 million movie. To put it out means $14 million. And he's like, that's not what we agreed to do. But the reverse side of that is they're the ones that said, make it bigger, make it bigger. Right. right yeah. like, and I, I think we even said, well, can't we go back to the original? No, no, no. You guys have a great movie. You have a great movie, but we don't, we can't afford it. <laughs> yeah, man. That would have been so cool to see it get made, man. Fuck. Yeah. And it's one of those things that like, I was doing that, like that character, the first tape for 1991. And then by the time all that stuff rolled out, then there was Joe Dirt. And then, you know, there was other characters like it. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, right, right. yeah. Things where I was ahead of it and then behind it, and it's like, I uh, forget it now. You know? Yeah. 
after the fact it had just been oh he just copied joe dirt type thing right yeah. right although i did right. see on youtube uh i don't know if it was just a pilot you did just called the dave sheridan show and that was funnier than hell a little you know a bit of a different character but kind of in that same vein there, yeah I, it is they're all versions of the dumb guy like i have a rock and roll character called randy van stone which is probably the closest thing to a version of doug aka stewart because you know from ghost world then the Chili Peppers, they were like, oh, my God, we love this character. And they put me in two music videos. And right, that's how right. Rob Zombie then saw me. And he was like, I want you in Devil's Rejects. So it's, it all, it's all the same thread. It's all stems from the, you know, Saturday Night Live, then going to Second City and making those videos. Then nothing else would, you know what I mean? You could yeah. draw everything back. There wasn't like one little, boop, you know, everything built on itself. Right. It led me to here. There'd be no canned air. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, might, I might leave that out of your speech. Yeah. I don't think yeah. people might care. And now I'm here. I've made it. Can it? <laughs> We're definitely not that barometer. Yeah. <laughs> now you. I was going to touch on <laughs> what I missed it. Snort Elmer's glue. Oh shit! At least it's on video. I can, I can watch it later. No, 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 no. I didn't snort nothing. Nope. <laughs> Just starts running out of his nose later. <laughs> We're going to jump to a quick commercial break, but stick around when we come back more with Dave Sheridan. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. Again, I was going to ask about uh, Special Officer Doofy next. You already kind of explained how uh, you got that job. One thing I'm curious about, because you can never really trust what you read on the Internet, but I read that um, you had said... Yes, I have a 12-inch penis. That's true. 12 inch uh, damn, okay. can you well, see my notes? Like, what the fuck? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you take a calculator and you times it by three or four, you know. It's, 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 yeah, right. 12 will show up, so it's yeah. totally It always shows up. <laughs> <laughs> but that you had, um, while shooting Scary Movie, you were portraying uh, Doofy so well. You were so in that character that there were people on, on set that – weren't aware of you and were under the impression that they had actually brought in like a mentally challenged person to fill this role. Is that accurate? It is only for like the first day though, maybe two days. I couldn't stay in that character that much, but I, if I had to like get out of the character, I would go to my trailer and stuff like that. But that stemmed from, remember I told you that they, I had to get Keenan to sign off. Right. So they set up a meeting in LA with Keenan and I decided to go in as Chip. And Chip was like head to toe, Hulk Hogan, everything. Hulkamaniac hat, Hulkamaniac <laughs> shirt, satin jacket, the fanny pack. And I went in and, um, and, and Chip was based on a character in my neighborhood named Bruce with a little bit of another guy named Adam. I had a bunch of these type of characters in my neighborhood. And Bruce would always come up and I'll try to do this to myself. And he would like basically go, he'd hold his hand out and be like, he give me five. And he'd hold it under your nose and be like, oh man. Oh, gross. Like and I dug in really deep and my butt 
cracked before I met Keenan and I went in and just put that on the There's no other man, give me five. And he was, he was like, oh fucking. And I didn't do any. I, I just stayed in chip, aka doofy. And I just answered his questions and didn't do any of the lines or anything. You know, I don't even remember if there was a reading. And I walked out of there and I was like, oh man, that was awesome. And I'm driving. And this was prior to cell phones. I had like a pager and I got a page like 10 minutes later from after I left from New York. And I was like, oh, that's that's Miramax. Let me pull over. I had to find a dollar 15 quarters. And I called. <laughs> yeah, and I like, good old days. What, what the hell just happened? I go, what are you talking about? I think it went great. And they go, no, he's freaked out. He thinks that we sent in a mentally disabled person, you know, and he he is very concerned. You have to go back and tell him you're Dave, you know, show him who you are. And so I went back and I said, sorry about that. And he was laughing his ass off saying, that was awesome, dude. And you got the role. And in fact, they, that's how that whole smell my finger came up is because I shoved my hand on me. <laughs> and he said, do me a favor. We're going to have a table read. I want you to come back and we, with the cast, but stay in Doofy, stay in Chip. Uh, and I did that. And all of, all the girls were scared, going like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> then, then he was like, okay, Dave, show them who you really are. Like, you know, they're getting scared. And then they were like, oh, my God, that's great. You stay in character. Do us a favor when you get to set. Stay in character and do that to the crew. You know what I mean? So it just kept going. <laughs> just kept like, I did it the first day and I was getting headaches. And uh, I would tell you this because I just got back from Victoria, B.C., uh, for, from a convention called Capital City Comic Con last weekend. And that is where we actually shot Scary Movie in Vancouver, but also Victoria Island, Victoria, BC. And it was like a Vic High was the high school. And um, you take a ferry over to the, you take a ferry to oh. Vancouver. And so I'm on the, the ferry and I'm committing to the character. I'm like, I gotta stay in Doofy. And so I get all nervous and I put on a life preserver. And I'm, I'm like, you're gonna drown, iceberg, we're gonna hit an iceberg. And um, I'm just like having this mess, you know, a panic attack as Doofy that we're gonna hit an iceberg. And one of like the ship, the ferry like officers, he's like, is everything okay? And and the other cast members are like he think he he thinks they're gonna hit an iceberg. Like, yeah, we're gonna drown, like, king of the world. And and basically he's like, no no no, come up and meet. We'll take you to the captain's, the pilot's room or whatever. Oh, and I was like, oh, in my head I'm like, oh man, now I'm really screwed because I'm gonna get in trouble <laughs> right. because I had to stay. Now that's a one hour ferry ride, oh, and shit. I had to stay in chip because he's like, do you want? Oh, it's okay, buddy. We're not going to drown. You see, here's a radar. We could see everything or whatever it was. And he's like, you want to steer? I'm like, okay. I'm like, steer. And I go, in my head, I'm like, I just want to go back and just sit down. Because <laughs> this, you know, but I have to keep in character or they're going to like throw me overboard, you know, because I, you went in too deep, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Once I had them, you know, being so nice to me, I was like, oh boy, if I say, guys, I'm just praying, I'm just joking. I'm not really this way. They would have, been pissed, you know. So right, yeah, you don't know which to, to straighten up or keep going. <laughs> yeah, and I went the whole ferry ride up in the captain's thing until the tugboat came out, and then there's the tugboat that actually takes you into the harbor and stuff like that. Wow. Know? Well, you got to drive a ferry though, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dave wouldn't be able wow. to do that. It had to. It had to be chipped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's awesome, man. Now, um, the con circuit, which you're very active in. I've seen online that um, 
you not only wear the doofy garb to the convention sometimes, maybe not all the times, but sometimes, but you'll even uh, sometimes jump into full character for the fans. I've seen a few instances on YouTube and it's incredible, man. I mean, I've seen other celebrities who come to these cons that, you know, sometimes occasionally will wear an outfit, but that's just some next level shit right there. I've, I've never seen anyone doing that for their fan base. Uh, customer's always right. It's kind of yeah. funny. I mean, I, I don't mind. I actually, on one side, it's like 23 years later, I'm like, you know, okay, I'm playing, I'm out there portraying the character and giving, making people laugh and I'll do anything for a laugh. First of all, that's what you live for. Oh, hold on. What do you need? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> I'll sick the dogs on you. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, why are you sitting here? I'm, I'm doing a, a I don't know what you're doing. Right. Can you go? This is a big house. You see how big this house is? You could be anywhere else in here. <laughs> this is a very big podcast you're on, too. Yeah. Go. Please. <laughs> He's sitting behind the laptop. It's hard to, like, lie and make up stories. <laughs> We're hanging on every word, too. They're entertaining lies, though. Um, yeah, no, like, so I would say I enjoy it. And it's interesting to me that the characters lasted this long. You know, when he became yeah. a meme he's a meme when doofy became a meme that's kind of solidified sort of an anchor of he's embedded in the culture now mm -hmm, you know right, what i mean right and i do look at him like the alfred e newman of the zero zeros of this millennial you know he's the alfred e newman uh because uh, he just represents something you know he kind of represents a little id of stupid you know but in a good way, not in a mean-spirited way, because Doofy himself is a very innocent and loving person. Yeah. Uh, she's laughing. Yeah. But he's dead. You do know he's, Doofy's dead. The real Doofy's chopped up. No, I if didn't watch know. Is, well, the ending is a scary movie. I take all that stuff off, and I'm like a serial killer, and I'm oh, like... Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the reality is, if you really break that movie down... I came to town and had a van with some candy and a guy got a real doofy in my van and I chopped that kid up and took on his persona and then lived at his house and started killing this town. And then I left. So I'm I like, I'm, I'm like a chameleon, you know, I'm psycho anonymous. I like to call the character. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Not a psycho. Uh, like who is that character that got in the car, you know, with Gail Hailstorm? They probably found Gail mutilated and raped and shoved in a little convertible you know yeah Gail he's on his be next little town because i don't that? think i was teaming up with her you know yeah. <laughs> i'm using i used her for whatever she's get out of here you dumb reporter boom killed her moved on so poor the poor real doofy is dead but in giving the fans i think the fans enjoy it or friends i like to call them they you know um it also helps pass the time i actually enjoy being at the conventions playing him you know what I mean? Sure. I remember I saw uh, um, Billy Zane. I had breakfast with Billy Zane oh. at this convention in Nashville. Wow. And and he was there, and I was doofy, like all day, you know. But then the next morning, I was regular because I'm at breakfast, so I didn't get in doofy yet. And he goes, he goes, I gotta hand it to you. You're like you, your commitment to playing that character all day. It's very commendable. And I yeah. said to him, I said, well, this way, you know, doofy's at the convention, but Dave Sheridan's not. And then it's like, he kind of like went, oh, and he was like, well played. Well played. <laughs> you know, and, and then I could just see him spinning being like, 
oh, can I put on the Phantom outfit? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I guess I can get a girdle and fit into that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, yeah, it's, it's fun. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Yeah. I'm not doing too many more anyway. This will be my, I'm ending. I was doing like a farewell was up tour. So the last show I'm doing, the last horror convention is Lexington Scarefest. And then I have one more show after that, which is that screening. I told no, well, I'll be in Germany. The, the, I'm doing a big show in Germany. And then I have one in December. There's really nothing coming up in November that I know of. So I've got like four more appearances and then I'm done for 2020. I'm not going to do it for 2023. I'm not saying I'm not coming back, but I'm going to take a year off and sure. focus yeah. on finishing some film projects that I've, you know, got on the boilerplate that are going nowhere because I'm out at these conventions right. and mm. doing drugs and drinking and yes. coming having home fun. having to sleep <laughs> for a couple of days and then washing some socks and one pair of underpants and getting back on the road. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, that's cool, man. I, we'll have to put guys. links up to uh, help people get that information. Christ, I wonder if we can go down there. I mean, if you're, no, if you're, I don't want to see you. I've already come on. I don't want to see yeah, you. I've oh, already got shit. blacklisted. I mean, maybe you guys are good. But. That's true. Hey, uh, Candare, who? <laughs> yeah, or nobody. Yeah, security. Oh, no, yeah. Security? Let me know which one's closer, Lexington or Louisville. Uh, Louisville. Louisville, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's December seventeenth. You should come. That that'll be good. It's Christmas time. That would be Hell a yeah. blast. Yeah. That would be a blast. We'll look up the information. Um, as far as any other upcoming projects you have coming out, movies, anything you want to promote, anything coming up? I think the two things I'd like to promote is world peace. Can we all get along? <laughs> Aside from that, um, <laughs> no. I have a film. In two weeks on Netflix, another Marlon Wayans movie. You know, I was speaking of the Wayans. It all started with them, and I've done a whole bunch, maybe 11 movies with, with them. And this next one's called The Curse of Bridge Hollow. And it's and I like the fact that I was doing it because it falls into that horror comedy base, you know, and it's right. Halloween. And it's, I don't know if you you've seen how giant these lawn ornaments, these lawn decorations are getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, crazier. oh yeah eyeballs are videos that move and their mouths move and they blow smoke and they're you know if you walk by them it's motion detector so yeah. the, the film is about this town that's all in on halloween bridge hollow in massachusetts and it's a halloween town and the one of the teens unleashes the old curse that you know and it brings all these lawn decorations all the halloween decorations to life oh and now God. they're giant yes. crazy and they're they're attacking the kids or attacking the parents. And it's about the town now, the mayhem on one night of them trying to break the curse and also fight their way off. Huh? Oh, okay. Yeah. My wife says, let them find out. That's, I, I'm not giving them the whole thing. I'm not saying that I die in it at the end. All right. I'm not telling them that like I saved the day. Like, I, can you even hear her? Not, uh, not we really, can hear yeah. talking, but can't hear yeah. the words. Yeah, good. They can't hear you. You're not influential. You're not an influencer. We're influencers. No, we're influencers. We're here. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, anyway. that would be fucking horrifying, man. Because I just saw a, a <clears throat> I think it's new anyway. It's the first time I've ever seen one. I was driving through a neighborhood the other day and somebody had like a two story tall fucking skeleton. skeleton. Yeah. I've like seen leaning that too. against the house. This I'm is like, the first time you've seen these? Yeah. I was yeah, like, no, what the, the fuck? Yeah, those two story, he's right. Randy's right. Those skeletons have been around for a while, but they're in the movie. I've never yeah. seen yeah. them. The newer ones, though, is like, a, like these 11 foot, you know, Draw uh, uh, werewolves, you know. Yes. Are, and the the real the ones I just saw recently, I could show you if I because I yeah they've got video eyes, so yeah. the eyes move yeah. and <laughs> you know I don't know if they're video or what they are, but they light up and they're like little projectors and they move and stuff like that. You know, so wow, it's pretty creepy. No, yeah. honey, we didn't make the mortgage, but check this out in the yard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, I know. My wife said, because I said, oh, I was just there. There's some great stuff. She's like, you're not buying anymore. No more. Because at a certain point, and they're not cheap. That's the thing. They're no. like yeah. 99 400 There's like a headless horseman one that comes with like a horse carriage and a real skeleton horse full size. That's like $1,000. Jesus like, who, Christ. Who would buy that for their yard for like two weeks? All right. You know? Like, I, yeah. I saw one where there's like <laughs> two skeletons carrying a coffin and like everybody's making like beer coolers and candy bins and all this stuff. But they're like full size skeletons. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. There's, there's a, a full size coffin. Yeah. Yeah. What was funny about when I got the call last year when we shot it was I was at Lowe's videotaping these things with my own idea of going like, oh, my God, like I can make a movie about like these <laughs> things coming alive and I'll just buy these things and then we'll we'll do, you know, animatronic like puppetry to some of the stuff and then we'll shoot close ups and then I'll, we'll change it a little bit like I'll buy this and just change it a little. And then I got the call like about this movie. I go, that's exactly what I want to do, except, oh, mine was going to be $50,000 and yours is $150 million. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they made, it's an expensive movie. It's like 150, what, is that what I said? I think it is. It's like a $150 million movie, man. Wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, that's it's a big movie. Two weeks on Netflix, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's all CG. So it's my first time really acting with a bunch of stuff that's not there. Right. I've done yeah. a few. I've done a few, but now they had me like going like, "Look up, duck, do this," and I was like, "Oh boy, this is." <laughs> I can't wait to fucking so, see that. So you asked about promoting. That's like the now, and then the soon is the the movie called New Fears Eve on Indiegogo, and um, I I don't know if your audience, if some some of them aren't aware of what Indiegogo is all about, but. It's a symbiotic relationship and it's a perfect ecosystem of, I believe, for independent filmmakers to raise money and get their films made mm -hmm. because it's through crowdfunding, it's through the support. A lot of it is just pre-buying the Blu-ray DVD. Most right. of the money raised is somebody buying, pre-buying the movie that they want to make. But it allows the filmmaker then to have some capital to then hire me because I don't work for free. I work sure. for fish fillets like <laughs> or some money some jazz cabbage i will work for jazz cabbage or any kind of thc vape pen um heard that anything with you know mushrooms or anything like that you know <laughs> shit's so, valuable man i'm joking let's take another hit it's hard to come by <laughs> <laughs> we may have divulged too much with his right, joke right, right. right. <laughs> right. so um but yeah it's it's a way that then you know the actor gets paid the director gets his film made and the 
fans get to be a part of it and sort of get some cool perks, they call them, sure. you know what I mean? Signed autograph stuff. I mean, there's even opportunities to act, you know, they says be in a scene with me, but that's like, it's a new year's Eve party. It's to be like an office person, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. And, or to get killed. Cause it, they're, these are like fun, low budget horror movies, which I like. That's been a, a once I did Devil's Rejects, I'll tell you this, B to D movie horror is sort of like the country music of like what an actor has, he's kind of shown the door and he becomes, okay, you're a veteran and I could wait around for, you know, these Bridge Hollow movies, that'll be like once a year, but I gotta, I gotta work. So mm -hmm. the, the D movies, um, you're better off making D horror movies than D comedies. Cause it's hard to pull off comedy that takes execution that takes sure, talent right. that take, it's a lot easier to chop off hands and run from zombies and, <laughs> and, uh, make it fun and and i'm not saying the bar is lowered but the audience is more forgiving they like horror so much they just want to watch it sure. and it's and it's its own genre there is a genre for d horror movies there's not a there really isn't a genre for d comedy movies that's just <laughs> no <bad> yeah <laughs> comedy movie yeah just um, the trash but, but there are fans that want that campy fun low budgie you know whether it's a trauma-esque kind of thing and so but the other thing about that is that i'm 53 and it's that's what i said the rock and roll into the country music it's, it's right. like if you didn't make it in rock by by the time you're 20, then if you're in your 30s, then you got to go country. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> you could be an older country star. You can't be an old rock star unless you were a young rock star. Right, so right. That's the same thing with me. Is like, okay, I can get cast now. I started out, you know, Deputy Doofy is a doof. You know, actually, he wasn't even real. He's a special officer. I went from special officer. Then I played a deputy. Now and then I worked my way up to sheriff. And lately I've been a mayor. You know what I mean? I'm working my way up, right up the, the ladder. You know, the civic <laughs> hierarchy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Eventually I'll be a president someday. Can't wait to see that. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget to vote. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna jump to a quick commercial break, but stick around when we come back more with Dave Sheridan. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business, when you need it, from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm going to show you that the, um, the VHS tape of American Million real quick. Yeah, oh, yes, yes, please, yeah. man, please. Oh, I just thought I'd grab a couple things just for the... You know, I know we can maybe get this. So this was that tape I was telling you about, and it's still shrink wrapped. Wow, um, I got a bunch amazing. of them. But that's Dave Sheridan's American Chameleon, and you can see there that yes. was that's mm. Doug from Ghost World. And I don't know if it's says you can see it says Texas. So I used to get these licenses made, like depending on where I was. And so when we were shooting <laughs> at Texas, I went and got 
that thing and and then they didn't make the movie um wow that's a funny one it's like <laughs> so I'd, I'd have license all over the, i think i at one point i had like 13 license like in <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> um, so yeah that's awesome back. nice packet the packaging is great look at that package wow yeah package awesome. in the packaging yeah yeah no, i don't know there's some credits you could see like amy sedaris is in there and horatio sands and wow and who is knows? that anywhere to uh, to watch? No, no, no. That's it. Unless you got this in 1992, um, and there might be. I have had one or two people say they found this at a thrift store. Is that uh, right? They contacted, oh, wow. me. <laughs> they contacted me, and I asked them. I said, "Don't please don't put that on the internet." If you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So, sure. And and I do. There's you know how there's people that are really into VHS tapes now. Yeah. So, yeah. When I run into a fan, I'll give somebody like that really like you know somebody that comes up Windy City Heat. I'll at the convention. I I don't have this out, but I usually have one or two with me, and because I've got a few left. And then, uh, but I I wait for that special fan. It's like, oh my god, Windy City Heat. And I go, hey, you're gonna like this. If yeah. they're really if they go to deep cuts and know a lot about whether Buzzkill or Windy City Heat or something, but I do say don't put this online. You know right. what I mean? Cause For just sure. like with the Buzzkill stuff, I wouldn't want this stuff to be online. I think it should be uh, sort of enjoyed by the people that enjoyed it. And then I just wanted to show my, this is, this oh, is oh, wow. my screen worn was up mask. And I have the other one too, but Holy hell. That's, you know, that's, that's the mask. Kind of old and falling apart, but uh, it's pretty cool. So wow. Nice. Awesome. You know, typically anytime I ask anybody like, Hey, you have anything left over, you know, from the movie? They're like, no, 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 no. That is freaking awesome. Like one of the most <laughs> iconic things you remember. It's the only one, the, the other one, the one with the, and I could bring that out if you want the, the regular hero mask. They did make two because there was a stunt double that shot, but there was no stunt double with that mask that they poured one, one and done. And that's it. And that's uh. So I think that one's, and it's more iconic to the scary movie that was up mask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I made a deal with them when I left to, I, I did not take the wrap gift, which was like a letterman's jacket with the producer. And I said, uh, can I keep the robe, the knife and the masks for my, my ghost face character? And he said, let me go check. And, and he said, okay, they said, it's all good. You could do that because um they saved 250 dollars that's how much those jackets were gonna cost <laughs> so they were like you can have it now the best part was it really didn't come completely free because for the next year the weinsteins were calling me they knew i had the ghost face thing and like if they had like a nephew's bar mitzvah they were like can you make a video of ghost face and do do something for you know jared or i'd be like oh my god really like <laughs> three or four videos for them in the ghost face mask you know what i mean for charity yeah. event oh, or like some bar mitzvah or something so, you can take the mask but they carry a curse for the thing eventually i said oh I'm, i don't know where that crap is anymore i moved and it's in storage so <laughs> Man. Oh, man best thing to say yeah because yeah. those 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 requests would never stop coming <laughs> i think they'd stop they maybe not they would have stopped for a while then when he went to prison he probably would have said hey carlos the latin king leader in here he's a real big fan of yours you gotta do it dave please otherwise he's gonna stick another guy in my ass yeah <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh, shit. Wow. 
That's oh. fucking cool, man. Thanks for getting that shit out, too. That's oh, awesome right. to see. That is so cool. I, I, the, the wash over me as soon as you held up that mask was like, yeah. wow. Oh, cool. Iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, seriously, thank you so much for your time tonight. Man. Yeah, this, this has been, been incredible. Thank, you've been so generous with your time. Thank you. Hey, one last thing. Of course. Um, so this weekend, uh, October 1st, it's only one day. If you're in the Vegas area, I'm going to be appearing and signing um, the masks that I made. I made a laser copy of this, this mask. Oh, wow. Um, I also have the old school fun world ones that look nothing like that. You know what I mean? But I was able, technology caught up. I couldn't make a mold of that because it's soft latex and it would mm. destroy it. But I was able to make a 3D laser scan at a place called Scan LA. Um, and then they made a CAD file printable with a 3D resin, ah. uh, you know, flatbed resin thing that rolled and made it. And then from that hard resin 3D print, I then was able to pull negative molds. And then I do my own polyurethane. Uh, they're harder plastic and I hand paint them from that was up thing. So wow. Nice. Nightmare Toys, one to four in Vegas this Saturday. I'll have both masks available to, to purchase and sign if, if, if there's collectors out there that want them. Sure. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can uh, put that on the post too. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Awesome, man. Thank you cool. so freaking much for taking this time. This this has been one of the best interviews of the year, no <laughs> yeah, doubt. I can't even say interview, conversation of yeah. the year. You really should do more. You really <laughs> got to do more interviews. Not, hey, I'm always up for more. But I think but, it's more of the fact that you only did three podcasts this year. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm, thank you. Thank you, guys. I'm glad. I'm glad I could uh, have fun and, you know, be right. insightful, I guess, too, at the same time. Yeah, um, and whenever you got projects and stuff in the future we'd love to get you back on i think we should um you guys should plan to come out to that the louisville Kentucky louisville. one and maybe we can come on just a week before that to promote that yeah absolutely or, okay you know what i mean or yeah. like uh or do it after and then we come you guys come down first and we, we do it live want to do it live can we do it live <laughs> hell, hell yeah. to the yeah, <laughs> yeah we'd love yeah. to do it live. do it live from the movie theater you know what i mean okay like yeah absolutely so you said the 17th wow right? I think it's the 17th or 18th. Just check that. Okay. And okay. I'll give you okay. guys the information because I actually don't even know like the the theater or whatever the location because it's a it's a ways off. We haven't really started to advertise or promote it yet. Um, but it, I know it's in Louisville. It's on a Saturday, so whatever day that Saturday is. Okay. And it's okay. a full day event. It's not just come. They're going to have vendors there because it's right before Christmas, so they're going to have people selling all sorts of, you know. Uh, pop culture stuff, the pop sure. dolls, the, you know, whatever, you know, and just right. horror stuff, ho uh, you know, ho not Halloween, but horror stuff. Yeah. You know? All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm excited, yeah. man. Yeah. This is going to be fun. How far sure. of a drive is that? How far? It's uh, about what? Four hours, maybe? Not no, 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 no. It's not even, no. Cincinnati's what? Louisville? Half. Yeah. Probably about, it's about three hours. Three, it's it's four, really yeah. easily doable. It's not yeah. bad drive Yeah, it's all. essentially just 75 south the whole way, right? Yep. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's easy. That's a little bit of a drive, but yeah. Um, Come down, that'd be great. Hell yeah, man. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Can Air. And there it was, people. Our conversation <laughs> with Dave Sheridan. Holy shit, what a good time man. that was. You know, it always floors me how, how generous these guests we have are. And 
Dave is just awesome. The fact that he spent that much time with us and just was super down to earth and really easy to talk to. And it was, yeah, I yep. can't thank him enough for spending an hour and a half with us. It was so much fun. And it looks like we might get the opportunity to do it again in the future, having back on the show and possibly meet up in person. So that could be pretty damn cool. Hell yeah, it could. I cannot wait. I can't either. I'm excited. Yeah. I love when Candare does little road trips. Mm-hmm. Shit's fun. Right? We're due for yeah, one too, learned, I think. Yeah. Learn yeah. about each other. And it's been since February, stuff. right? Yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Is that the last one? February, March? Mm-hmm. We went to Cleveland? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. I think so. So this sounds like a lot of fun. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. And uh, there's going to be links on our post and this episode to uh, his upcoming appearances. So if you're in his area, or even if you're not, make the trip. Go check out Dave Sheridan. Get meet him. Shake his hand. He's funnier than hell. And an awesome guy. Very awesome guy. So big thank you to Dave. And with everything being said, Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to CandairPodcast.com where you can listen, like, follow, subscribe, be a patron, buy some merch, see some YouTube videos. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email from our contacts page. And you can find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And that website, Jack was just uh, pimping, CandairPodcast.com is where you're going to go to get merch uh, to join our Patreon page. If you want to show some support to the show and get something back for your uh, for your hard-earned cash that you're giving us, uh, that's where you're going to do it. What else am I forgetting? Spooky stories. Send them in and check us out on evergreenpodcast.com. Such a great episode. I'm still really <laughs> from it. So. <laughs> great time. So uh, thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. Be excellent to each other. Oh, no! Don't run! It'll only make things worse! What? Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! I'm gonna go... I should switch, because, like... I don't know. What do you think of this? What's going on here? It's like weird. Right? I mean, unless you're uncomfortable, it's fine for us. It's up to you, man. If I go this way, that's the same thing, though. There we go. God damn, look at that view. Be cool. <laughs> I thought it'd be cool to be outside, but it's like, it's not. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I mean, you, you're your fine. lighting is way better than ours. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So. <laughs> uh, we're going to leave it. So, uh, oh boy, my dogs are. Hold on one second. Sure. <laughs> they got the dude is another dog and he's at the other side of the fence and they like to come out and say hi to him and then he pisses on them the dude <laughs> he raises his leg and pisses on my dogs and they like oh, uh, and then they go back in the house they're like totally his bitches you know what i mean <laughs> he's he's the same size then he's some sort of korean south korean dog that there's only like a few in the country that this guy's like was a longshoreman frank that lives behind me and he smuggled the first one over 
This is the second one that he legally came over. But for a while, they were illegal to take these type of Korean dog over here um, because they're food over there. No, they're not. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, China. that's China and North Korea. But they're the same size as my dog. You can see my dog is just a little, you know, they're just regular dogs. Yeah. But this Korean dog... Um, and his asshole looks the same size, but his poop comes out like a bear's poop. It's like this thick, and I'm like, and I'm, and it's, I'm glad my dogs don't have that because I like the reason I got small dogs because I didn't want to pick up with a hefty bag, great yeah, name, right? Sure, giant shits, yeah. poop when you take them out to a park or to the walk. However, my dogs poop around the corner over here on my side of the house, and we pick it up every morning. But Frank's dog that's why he comes up the fence he poops right at the edge of the fence because i mean no dog wants to poop where they live they come right. so he comes all the way back but i have a pool here and then poor frank he's a retired long shoreman uh, you know i don't want to make anybody work but it's like you, you if you're pooping by the fence you got to come and he's got to walk up a hill here and pick it up because right. flies and stuff and the smell of poop by my I, i'm in the hot tub enjoying the hot tub yeah, you know, it's like doesn't really get sounds like a scene out of Jurassic it's Park. The only, over there. only like sort of prerequisite, sort of like neighborly thing I ask of him is, can you get rid of your dog's giant colon? Green <laughs> 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 up with a chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, giant. If anybody knows what type of dog I'm talking about, he already left. He already pissed off. He already gave the golden showers to my dog. But <laughs> it's a very plain-looking dog with a little curled-up tail, and apparently they're only from Korea, and there's very few in this country. Hmm. I'm going to have to go look up now because yeah. I don't have a clue, but damn, yeah. that's some monster shits. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. want to deal with that either. But no, <sighs> i got to let these guys in. Go for yeah. it. You're fine. Get the fuck in! <laughs> that's how you treat dogs i love those dogs <laughs> this has been a canned air production the korean war has sadly been known as the forgotten war but half a century earlier the United States is locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains. We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting, and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.